Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station for the Inner Life at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction. Good to have all of you with us today. And today we're going to explore our homes and the environment we create in our homes. I mean, let's be honest. Families uh, get messy at times. I think we can all agree about that. We uh, don't always get along. We have disagreements at times over maybe our politics or what to wear if someone's going out, even the battles over social media and scream time on those devices, which all too often control our lives. But if someone walked into your home in the midst of the chaos and craziness of being a family living under one roof, would they know that you and your family are Christian. Well, we're going to talk about that today. Here to help us on the journey, back with us once again, Father Brian Geary. Father Geary is a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, pastor of St. James Catholic Church in Belvedere. Father Brian Geary, welcome back. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Same to you, Chuck. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, looking forward to our discussion. As we do every day, we'll open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience to join us as we talk about our homes. Uh, someone walking into your home, would they know that you are a Christian family? We'll get into all of that, get those phone lines open here in just a moment. But, uh, Father, get us started. And I just think that's such a great question, and maybe you can talk about it a little bit. Would someone walking into our home know that we are a Christian family? I, I consider that in a couple of ways. One would be um, internals and, and the other externals. I mean, externally, you would see a crucifix on the wall, an image of our Lord or the Sacred Heart or the Divine Mercy. Uh, you would see you know, maybe even a holy water uh, font at the door. Things like that are distinctively Catholic uh, for those who would just walk into the home and just look around. So much of our trouble today in the faith is is the creeping secularism, which is secularism just means non-sacred. And uh, homes should be, as the Church envisions them, a domestic church, a, ch- a little church in the home. So the, ch- the externals of the Church, uh, domestic church, should be obvious to people as you walk in. This is a Christian Catholic home. And then the internals... Even more important than the externals would be uh, love and forgiveness and prayer. Uh, also, I think just a large family with babies is another image of of a Christian believing home. You walk in and there's kids everywhere, and there's, uh, you realize this: these people are believers. They're open to life. It's a it's a, a real witness to the religious nature, the Christian nature of a home versus kind of everyone else is doing, which is a more secular model. 
And then, Father Gary, well, you've mentioned uh, some of the externals and, and the internals. I like that a lot. But uh, just uh, what are some of the ways that uh, we can bring holiness into our family and into our homes? You've mentioned uh, the crucifix, uh, statues of uh, of saints, of uh, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, Immaculate Heart of Mary. But what are some other ways we can bring holiness into our family? I Well, just some some obvious things that people may not be aware of is that Parents have authority over their children by nature, by God's design, by God's plan. So the parents have authority in the home, and they can bless their children. We, we see that in the baptism, right, where the parents make the sign of the cross over their children, and they bless them, and the godparents as well as the priest. So uh, priests have authority over all the earth as God designed it, but when it comes to children, Parents have authority over their children, and they should bless their children. And so to, to show the sacredness of that relationship that comes from God, I think the most simple way uh, is for parents to make the sign of the cross over their child. And I don't care if that child is 60 years old. <laughs> uh, as a mom or dad, bless them. Um, they may <laughs> kind of recoil at first, thinking, what's this, Mom? What's this, Dad? But uh, first first and foremost is the authority structure that God set up in the home. Um, and then the, everything flows from that that blessing uh, that mm. we all crave, that, that God has written into our nature. Uh, and the sign of the cross claims you for Christ, our Savior, and so that the Christian nature um, and the Christian blessing is something that should first be imparted by parents. I think that's the most yeah. simple and obvious way we can start. Father Brian Geary is our spiritual director. Let's open up our phone lines if you'd like to join us. It's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149, our email address, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. But as we talk about our homes and the environment we create uh, trying to live a life of faith, how do you make your home a haven of faith? Or maybe uh, you don't, but um, what do you try to do in that age-old question we've been talking about? If someone walked into your home, would they know that you are a Christian family. Toll-free phone number again, 888-914-9149. I think that's such an important uh, point uh, that you're making here, Father Geary, in terms of parents blessing their children. And certainly we, our family, uh, adult children, they're out of the house now, but we certainly prayed as a family at, at meals and we prayed uh, with one another. But I just uh, remember walking into their homes in the at night. And even when our grandchildren are spending the night, just walking into the dark room, watching them sleep, and making a sign of the cross over these these children. There's, um, there's, I mean, it's a real gift for me to be able to do that. I, you know, our kids don't know we're doing that and when we're doing it in the middle of the night. But it really is important for us to be blessing our children, isn't it? Yes. I, and, and they come to expect it, and they desire it after a while. At first they might think it's uh, funny, but if you start out as children, they... They wait. They say, "Mommy, Daddy, we need. I want the blessing." Or when it comes to the grace at meals, as we teach our kids in religious ed in our school, they bring that home to their parents and they say, "No, Mom, we should say grace." <laughs> and uh, so then they end up catechizing their parents, even if their parents aren't the ones who are who should be first catechizing their children. But it can work both ways, and the family relationships that God has set up. Uh, help each other grow in holiness 
parents toward children and children towards parents and siblings towards siblings too so that that shared witness and encouragement um, you know to give all glory to God is something that the family is just uniquely built to share yeah and then father Geary should our should our holiness in our home um, as a as our in a, in a family should it maybe can I use the word should it be a goal maybe part of our mission should uh, this be really part of our lifestyle oh absolutely the um, the family is meant to be that first place of holiness or evangelization I've said it too and um, before maybe others probably said it before me but if you can love your family you can love anyone <laughs> you know god has set up the relationships of your parents your children your siblings and so that you might learn how to love that you might become a saint and those relationships are blood and are um, familial and in order to us to oblige that love and to, that obliged that holiness. Um, it's very difficult sometimes in families because of your closeness and the emotion and things you've been through together where you know that, that you might be more resistant to the, the sharing of holiness, but God wants us to conquer ourselves by virtue of the love that, that is supposed to be shared in the family so that we can fortify then go out to all the world and, and evangelize. Yeah, talk about that a little bit, if you would, about going out to uh, all of the world uh, to evangelize, and as I like to say, to be those fit, faithful instruments of um, of our Lord. But I, I think sometimes that we are in the safe haven of our homes, and sometimes um, we might act differently inside the walls than we do outside. And so I wonder, when we're trying to be a Christian family uh, in our homes, is there some obligation, if that's the right word, to be Christ-like when we go outside of our homes? Yes. I think that um, the security that comes from from that relationship and love in the family where you work out through the, as St. Paul VI said, that that the home and the family is this unique place, the school of virtue, with all its trials and difficulties that forge our character, that give us the security to leave the family and actually become an evangelizer to not only the security of of love in the family, but even rejection in the family. I mean, Scripture said Jesus came to his own, and his own received him not. He came, he was the center of the Holy Family, but within his own, his own town, his own uh, neighborhood and people, they, the people of Nazareth did not accept him. So to to have that, that heart, that for Christ of being the, the, the cause of the rise and fall of many within the family will give you the spiritual strength to be able to be rejected by others in the world and not to be deterred in, in your work of evangelization um, because you've, you've been forged by that in the home. 
Yeah, and I, I wonder too, Father Gary, if we should make the point that we talk about painting a little bit of a picture here of a, of a family home that's got the statues of Jesus and Mary and uh, maybe a Bible open crucifix and everything else. And uh, sometimes I think we, we uh, paint a picture that's, uh, that's pretty uh, nice, <laughs> if we can use that word. But gosh, it's not easy, is it, being a family of faith in these, these times? No, certainly not. Uh, those things, as we said at the beginning, the externals are are just signs of our faith, but the real work is interior. You know, the real transformation takes place inside us. And we see, we should see God's hand, his providential hand, and the for the family that we have so that we might be able to um, love everyone that God sends us in our path and to be generous in, in sharing ourselves with others uh, because of that example that we learned. And it, that work is done interiorly in the relationships and, and the day-to-day with your family. Um, that is not easy. Uh, you know, if you were to roll the tape, so to speak, Chuck, of family life in the four walls, <laughs> um, <laughs> you'd see a lot of conflict. You'd see some, a lot of tears, uh struggles, a lot of shared joys. Um, so, yeah, like you said, it can be messy inside the home, and we want to present a picture of ourselves out there. But to be real with others comes from that being real with your family. And um, yeah. you become a source of uh, where people, you know, it's, Scripture says, do not be like horse and mule, unintelligent, need and bridle and bit, else they will not approach you. So people, when they see that you're real, from a family and you've had struggles and trials like they have, then you can speak uh, Christ to them. We are talking today about our homes and the environment uh, we create, uh, trying to live a life of faith. How do you uh, make your home a haven of faith, or do you? And again, that age-old question, if someone walked into your home, would they know that you are a Christian family? Father Brian Geary is our spiritual director, talking about that today. And if you'd like to join us, we'd love to hear your story. Toll-free number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and The Relevant radio app. This is today's gospel reading from the New American Bible. Mark, chapter 6, verses 34 through 44. When Jesus saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them. For they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. By now it was already late, and his disciples approached him and said, This is a deserted place, and it is already very late. Dismiss them so that they can go to the surrounding farms and villages and buy themselves something to eat. He said to them in reply, Give them some food yourselves. But they said to him, Are we to buy 200 days' wages worth of food and give it to them to eat? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five loaves and two fish. So he gave orders to have them sit down in groups on the green grass. The people took their places in rows by hundreds and by fifties. Then... 
Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing, broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up twelve wicker baskets full of fragments and what was left of the fish. Those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And thank you for joining us. Good to have all of you with us on The Inner Life today. Chuck Neff, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz, Jim Shaper, answering your phone calls. Father Brian Geary is our spiritual director. Father Geary is the pastor of St. James Catholic Church in Belvedere, Illinois, that in the Diocese of Rockford, talking today about our homes and the environment we create, trying to live a life of faith. And how do you work to make your home um, that haven of faith? And maybe uh, it's a struggle for you, but are you able to do that? If you'd like to join us, we'd love to hear your story. Toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Our email address, life at relevantradio.com. By the way, if you are joining us late, don't forget you can download and hear uh, the entire program on our podcast of the entire show. Just go to the website, relevantradio.com, the Inner Life page, and you can download today's program. And that uh, every day, they're generally up in about 30 or 40 minutes after we're off of the air at uh, the top of the hour. But uh, if the program has given you a little help on your journey, maybe a little bit of hope, tell your friends about it and uh, let them share with in that as well. Father Brian Geary, our spiritual director. Let's uh, take some phone calls and uh, let's start with Mary listening in San Francisco. Hey, Mary, welcome to the program today. Yes, hi. Thanks very much. You know, our, my home growing up, uh, my mom and dad, they're both from Ireland, and already that's faith. That, that he comes with that shamrock, you know, with St. Patrick. They have a, such a faith. And they, they train that over to us, you know. But my mom, um, I think in the 70s, the churches in San Francisco, they were starting to take away their statues and putting up mosaics. And so um, my mom's first cousin was the Monsignor down at the church, and we knew the guy that worked there, you know, the, the sexton. And so one night, uh, rang the doorbell, and downstairs was a five-foot statue of St. Anthony. My mother has a great devotion to St. Anthony, and she always says, St. Anthony, St. Anthony, look around, something's lost and must be found. And so St. Anthony sits inside our front door, and for my mom, she lives out the Beatitude. She feeds the hungry, she shelters the people, she feeds, you know, she gives light to people, she just helps everybody. Every Christmas we would have our family and then maybe six other people that didn't have a place to go to. So with her her faith and with knowing that you, everybody knows that you are a Christian when you come into my mom's home and my dad's home, and then they would then 
take that back to their own home. Um, she was she was like the uh, Pope of um, of uh, 18th Avenue. I mean, she had everybody um, believing, and if you didn't. If something went wrong, it's because you didn't go to Mass on Sunday, so you better just watch yourself. Um, but anyway, yes, and so we carry that down to our home. I don't have a, uh, a five-foot statue, but I think every single one of our family and friends has something with St. Anthony. And, um, and um, you know, the welcomeness and the lovingness that you would share with another person, which is Christian, um, has been from my mom and dad, and they've passed that down. So there you go. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you, Mary. Uh, your your story is very similar to mine. I'm also from an Irish home, and we had statues in our house and pictures of the Sacred Heart, pictures of the Pope. Uh, my parents stationed a picture of the Pope on the stairwell, so every time we went, walked down the stairs, we saw John Paul II, <laughs> the big smile on his face. Uh, near my parents' bedroom was a papal blessing from Pope uh, Pius XII, uh, from the late 50s when they got married. So that same sentiment was there. I think the most beautiful thing, too, Mary, is just your name. Uh, one of the ways we can continue uh, Christian homes is to have Christian names for our children. There's no more beautiful name for a girl than Mary. And uh, and like you, Mary, I, I, I owe all to my mom and dad. Uh, the faith that I have, any good in me, is from my parents and raised me. So... Um, you're blessed, Mary. Yeah. Mary, great story. Thanks for joining us on the program today. I wonder, Father Geary, uh, looking back at your own, own home, did you understand the significance of that? Because I wonder sometimes, you know, we put crucifixes on our walls and whatever else may be around, that sometimes maybe we we take uh, we get to the point where maybe we take that a little bit for granted. Yeah. I, well, that atmosphere that is, was intentionally created by my parents to have a uh, Catholic images just would help you in trials um, and difficulties. You you would return to that environment where you know you you felt the holiness of the saints and of Jesus and the Sacred Heart. Um, those without that, we wouldn't have the the images that stay in our head, like Mary mentioned so beautifully. Images are so important. Saint Ignatius of Loyola talks. Muffin. And we, we fill our mind with images from our phone and from tablets and from TV and movies. But the, uh, the way we're made, we need good images, holy images. And those uh, images in the home are essential for us to yeah. re- recalibrate, reformulate, even to uh, repurify ourselves after things that we see. Yeah. Mary, a great story. Thanks again for joining us. Let's head to New Jersey. Teresa, listening listening in the Flemington, New Jersey. Hi and welcome. Good to have you with us today. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, boy, I could tell you a lot of stories, but I'm the youngest of 10, so I was always like the wild child. And my parents died when I was uh, fairly young, and I swear they just stormed heaven because when I came back, I came back with a vengeance. My children tell me that my house looks like a church or a convent or a monastery because we have statues and pictures literally in every room all over. But I keep telling them it's because I need it. 
I when when I start straying, I can always look up and find somebody holy looking back at me, and it's like okay, I better watch myself. Um, but um, w- I go around constantly with holy water and with blessed salt because I truly can feel the difference when it wears off. And I grew up, uh, my children grew up with me putting blessed salt in their shoes, in their backpacks, in their coat pockets. And when they would have friends over, I would put it in all the shoes. And there are many times that uh, one of the friends would pick up their shoes and turn them upside down and this salt would fall out. And they would say, you know, what is this? And my kids would kind of grin and roll their eyes and they're like, it's my mom. She's putting blessed salt in your shoes. You know, but um, I need it. I mean, that's the whole thing. We need, I, people don't even have to enter my house. They just pull up to the driveway and there are statues and and it's like, it's not me. God is just trying to keep me in line, you know, and it's a grace from God. And, um, yeah, except right now I'm kind of running out of room, and my kids will still get me, like, statues or something at Christmas time. And I'm like, oh, geez, I don't even know where to put these things anymore. But that's my story. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. You're right, we do need it. Uh, with all the other distractions of this world, we need to remind it, be reminded of the communion of the saints that we're a part of. If we're in the state of grace, we have communion with the saints. And uh, we need other people. I mean, one of my All Saints homily was uh, in the past that if you want to be a saint, you have to hang around saints. You have to hang around good people to be better. Uh, in a sports analogy, if you want to get better, you have to play against someone better than you. So we need all the saints around us and to be reminded of them in order for us to grow in holiness. Yeah. Teresa, great story. Thanks uh, to you as well for joining us on the program today. Father Brian Geary, our spiritual director, if you're just joining us, talking today about the environment in our homes and uh, what do you do to create a Christian environment in your home? Toll-free phone number. If you'd like to uh, join us uh, on the program today, 888-914-9149. Let's head to uh, the Chicagoland area. Christina listening there. Hello, Christina. Good to have you on the program today. Yes, thank you, Chuck. I really appreciate it. Uh, I live in a home where my mom, she's 100 years old, she lives with me, and she has like an altar in the living room, an altar in her bedroom. Uh, we all give a blessing to our to our children and grandchildren, pray before we eat. We have statues of our mercy, the cross. My son, who lives across from us, has a uh, Pope John Paul's picture on there, and my mom could see her from our house. She always by in the window and blesses herself. And so we always bless our children, and my son's going to be 50. So I still bless him, and, you know, he's not embarrassed or anything, and neither are his children, and they always pray before they go to bed. Thank you. Thank you for your witness, Christina. And it encourages me and everyone listening that... There, there is faith in this world, and and we need it, and we're not crazy, <laughs> and those things you're doing are beautiful, and uh, and thanks for sharing it for all those who are going to hear us today. Uh, they'll be encouraged to do the same. Thank you. 
Yeah, and I think, uh, Christina, again, thank you for joining us. But I think that's so true that we hear uh, stories from uh, other faithful uh, Christians and Catholics, and uh, it really challenges us in so many ways, doesn't it, Father, in terms of, gosh, uh, maybe we can do that. Maybe I can do that. Maybe there's something more to do than just uh, than the, what I'm doing now. But but uh, it's, it's all, I think, uh, an opportunity as we begin a new year, uh, really an opportunity for us to grow in our faith by really, really looking at our homes and making them them, uh, those uh, havens of faith that I think uh, we all want them to be. Yes. One of the great gifts of uh, family members are what they bring to enrich your life, the things that they do, the things, their their good qualities, their insights, their prayer, their exercises and and piety. It's a blessing. And uh, we're we're part of a bigger family in the church, not just our biological family, but all those who believe. Yeah. Father Brian Geary, our spiritual director, talking about the environments in our home. This, uh, Father, is an email from uh, Michelle in uh, Cedar Park, Texas, uh, that in the Diocese of Austin. And uh, she says, uh, if the holy water font and crucifix over our every external door doesn't show we are a Catholic home, we have a little sign everyone sees that says, this is a Catholic home. We also pray before meals, have a prayer corner in our den and a crucifix over every bed in our home. She says, I do have a question for you, uh, Father Gary. How would you recommend when friends who are not Catholic, who are welcomed into our home, when they say things uh, like curse words or take the Lord's name in vain. How would you address that with a loving attitude? Good question. Yes. Um, I think I know this from just experience when, when you come into a home like that with images and that it's that, that the Holy Spirit is present and the, the angels are active. Uh, you don't get too much of that. Uh, but if you were to, if someone were to use a curse word or something, I don't. I think the first time you wouldn't necessarily, you know, be a goody two shoes and correct them, unless it's the Lord's name in vain, of course. But I think people would get the idea pretty quickly that that's not welcome in the home. Just been my experience that most people who use that language don't use it around you or in certain homes. Um, but I think if it happens a couple of times, it's something that you would say, well, we don't use that language here. Uh, in this home, this 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 home belongs to the Lord, and uh, it's a sacred place. And so, thank you for respecting that. I think something like that would be very well received by people. And people want to be better; they don't want to be brought down low. They want to be raised up. And uh, I, just that one witness may turn that person's heart, may change them. And just by doing what you do um, in your home, and that witness may may bring about a conversion. Yeah, and I think that's such a good point. Uh, and Michelle, thanks for a really good question. But I think that's such a good point. We, in our home, we have not really experienced anything like that. But I can tell you, uh, in uh, our production company, which I ran, um, whenever we had situations like that, it really was not, um, uh, it was easy for me to be able to say to someone, you know, with all due respect, uh, we don't talk like that around here. And uh, you're right. It uh, one sets the record straight. They know uh, who you are and what what you accept and don't accept. But I think it really uh, does, in some way, become a challenge to whoever that might be to say um, there's a better way to uh, to use the words you're using. Yes, 
and this is something that I, the response of mine, probably other people have better ones, but when someone slips and says a, a word, they're like, oh, sorry, Father. I said, don't apologize to me. Apologize to God. <laughs> In other words, to tell them I'm a sinner too, and it's not as if you should change your language around me and then be this different person out there. No, God is watching all the time, and and perhaps they, they're not aware that it's God they're offending. And uh, the language, whether it be private or public, should should honor the Lord. Yeah, and I think just uh, just be honest about it. I mean, if they don't like that, well, they probably won't come back, which in the end is probably okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, but you may have won a soul. You never know um, your witness. But the, the other thing is we shouldn't be scandalized when we hear bad language, like as if <laughs> we're not capable of that or no, yeah. we're not sinners ourselves. But rather, uh, I think the, the our own witness uh would win a a new friend and convert, hopefully. Yeah. Let's take another phone call. Judy, listening in Rogers, Arkansas, you are up next. Okay. um, Well, a miracle happened just because I had the the image of the divine mercy in my home. Um, There was a tornado that came right over us. And um, the Lord had told St. Faustina that if you have my image in your home, that your home will be protected. Anyway, so when it was coming coming here really fast, I was praying, praying, and um, and it just went completely over us and all around us, and every street all around us were it was it was terrible, and we were not touched. I was wow. praying for this community. Anyway, so that was good. Thank you for your faith, Judy. And um, now that the Lord has spared you in your home, um, you can give give glory to the divine mercy and spread that message uh, of protect blessing uh, to all those you know, so that you can really um, you know benefit from this and maybe even spread the devotion to others. Yeah. Judy, thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, Father Brian Geary is our spiritual director talking today about our homes and the environment uh, we create trying to live a life of faith. Uh, What's uh, your home like and how do you try to make your home, uh, that environment in your home, one of faith? Toll-free phone number if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. We'll get to some more phone calls. After this short break, you are listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We'll be right back. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Inner Life Show or email us inner life at relevantradio.com this is the inner life on relevant radio 
Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life. If you are just tuning in, Father Brian Geary is our spiritual director. Father Geary is a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, pastor of St. James Catholic Church in Belvedere, talking today about uh, the environment we create in our homes. If somebody walked into your home, would they know that you are a Christian family? Would they know that you are a Catholic family? How would they know that? And um, how do you, uh, what do you do in your home to create a hev- uh, haven of faith? We'd love to hear your story. A little bit of time left in the program. Toll free, 888-914-9149. So, Father Gary, uh, we want to get to some more phone calls, but we did have a caller early in the program, could not hang on, but she uh, had a, a good question and just wanting to know, how do you have your home blessed? Well, the um, the first uh, step would be to contact your pastor and just ask if he had has the time to come over and bless your home. Not every has that luxury because of all his duties, but um, I would first try your pastor, and most of the time they'll accommodate you. They might not be able to come out that day, <laughs> but you get out at a different time uh, that would work for him, and... Uh, you know, you don't always, this is just kind of inside baseball here, Chuck, but you don't have to have a big meal for him because he's busy. <laughs> you know, so if he can just bless the home and then get back to his work, that way you can benefit from his priestly blessing and then let him get on with his duties, not to be uh, rude. You know, the priest would love to stay and socialize, but um, it, but we'd love to, to exercise our priesthood. Now, if the priest is not able to get to the home, then the father of the family can enthrone the house himself, you know, with holy water. He's the priest of the of the family and the priest of that domestic church of the home. So he can, and the mom as well, can spread holy water and ask God to bless the home. So uh, now the, the father of the family would not make, you know, the sign of the cross like a priest and bless the home in that respect, but uh, certainly the angels will honor the father of that family and um, will we'll give grace. So if you can't get your priest, then the, the dad can do it. And if the dad is not in the home for some reason, deceased or separated, then the mother can also ask as she has authority there. Yeah. Father Brian Carey, our spiritual director, not sure our uh, caller earlier in the program is still listening, but um, thanks uh, for the question. We appreciate that a lot. Uh, let's head back to the phones and Francis listening in San Rafael. So um, I come from a true Irish Catholic family. My grandparents actually were responsible for a lot of the um, building of the Queen of All Saints Basilica there in Chicago. Oh, wow. I'm sure Father might know about that one. Um, yes. But I am one of nine, one of nine, and all the girls are named Mary something, so my name is actually Mary Francis. Um. I get emotional speaking about this because it is huge. We had a sacred heart picture in the house. We had a prayer book drawer. We said grace always. We had a personal message that we created at the end of it that we still say today um, when we get together. And we prayed the rosary as a family. And in my house, I actually have just, I'm happy to hear this show today because I, Put up about two months ago, maybe three, the, the the crucifix that hung over my mom and dad's bed. I have friends that say if you're going to talk to Frances, don't call her on Sunday. She's at mass, 
this was from my college days, so people do know that they are dealing with somebody who believes in God. And a funny story, my older sister's husband passed away, and when she was moving, a bunch of us went to help her move, and our brother Lewis said, you guys just left without me. And we said, well, what were you doing? He said, you guys, I had to take care of our Holy Mother. So my sister has this huge, beautiful, uh, blessed statue of the Blessed Mother that sits in her yard. And when Lewis showed up, he had wrapped her in a water skiing vest and a whole bunch of other stuff so that she would make the trip across town and not break. And my sister just moved to Montana. I said, where's the Blessed Mother? So all of us are still very close. Unfortunately, our parents have passed on, but it's that type of uh, faith that you have in your prayers. And if somebody was to walk into my house, they'd see Blessed Mother, the Rosary, and a few other things that definitely say this girl believes in God and I do my best to help people um, understand that and, and try to hit my goal now for the years to help them tap into God and, and, you know, figure it out. And one of the things the other person said was, you know, if you miss Mass, my mom would always say, offer it up. And if you're not going to Mass, you got to watch out. Something could happen. So it's exciting to hear that again and now be able to share that with the family members and the nieces and nephews that are struggling with going to Mass and struggling with embracing their faith. And yeah. I think that's about it. Thank you so much for the show. <laughs> Thank you, Mary Frances. Uh, you pretty much told my story, too. I'm one of nine. I have five sisters. They're all named Mary as well. <laughs> so so uh, I have the same, either the first name or middle name, so the same experience and the same deep emotion and gratitude. And uh, as a priest, it's by God's design. Uh, I get to share what I received from my my parents and family with everyone else and uh, just like you're doing in your own way I benefit from that, too. Thank you for that, Mary Frances. Yeah, thank you uh, for the call today. And she brings up such a good point. You alluded to it a little bit earlier, and then an email just came in. And wanting to know, how do you witness to a young person who doesn't believe in the church rules, especially when there's no youth group at the parish? Uh, Well, um, I guess the best way is to to have it in your home, to, uh, for the the young person to see a mother and father praying together. Uh, I know we didn't get have a time to get into this, Chuck, but uh, one of the things personally in my family, we went to church on Sunday and never missed, and it was very important. But we didn't really pray together apart from grace at meals until my parents started praying the rosary together. And that was a really, I think, in my opinion, a humble uh, one of nine kids. Uh, I can just tell my experience, but I think that was a real turning point in our family for the uh, the children who are of different ages and different levels of their life to uh, to come to a personal relationship with God and the Blessed Mother to to actually live that to to be nurtured by that and to see it first from my mom and dad even if we didn't have that witness in school or or in the world so. I think when parents are united in prayer together, then the the kids have all they need, all the support they need to go out. Yeah, and my experience is, um, and we could probably you know write part of that story ourselves. But I, but our kids are watching. <laughs> they may not agree with the quote unquote rules. They may not they may struggle to get to church if they go at all. But they're watching and. Uh, 
I just want to have you emphasize that again, uh, the importance of the parents, mom and dad, praying together, and then the reality that our children know that we pray together. There is such a, a witness to that, isn't there? Yes, yes. It, as God designed the family in the with the authority of parents over their children, when, you know, you know your parents so well, and they know you so well. So there's nothing you can you can't snow them, as they say in the South Side of Chicago. I've got a lot of expressions, but you can't get one past them. You know, you, there's they know you, and you know them. And when it, when they when you pray and it's authentic, it's going to move your heart. It's going to change you because you you these are some the persons you know the best in this world. And uh, when they turn to God and trust Him. Uh, it, there's an intimacy there that, that no one else can match. Yeah. And it comes from family members. And uh, if, if it's right there in that relationship in the family, then um, nothing will shake your faith. Yeah. The kids uh, are watching, and they do remember. Maybe years uh, down the road, but they do do remember. Thanks for the email. We appreciate that. Another phone call, David, listening in Santa Ana, California. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Good. good. Okay, anyway, uh well, uh, I'm originally from El Paso, Texas, and when we when uh, we would go visit my grandparents, uh, the rosary hour was at six o'clock in the evening. But my grandmother, she would have the Sacred Heart of Jesus, a big uh, picture, and then of course of the Virgin de Guadalupe, the Virgin de Guadalupe. And um, so, of course, you know, we would go there in the evenings and pray the rosary with my grandparents. And, of course, if you didn't get on your knees, my father would still let us know, you know. <laughs> and so that was very uh, exciting that we bring it home with us. And also, um, living in uh, Santa Ana, we belong to Our Lady of Pilar Church. And so we're in the movement of the uh, catechumenal way. So they got us. Uh, doing the morning prayers with the loudest, and then also doing the Psalm, uh, Psalm 94, and also praying the, the Shema, which mm-hmm. that helps me out a lot. And uh, with my with my mother, uh, I should have the statue of uh, San Martin de Porres, you know, St. Martin de Porres from Peru, of the... You know, when it's kind of clear my room, she said, look at the, the saint, you know, he, 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 you know, try to be uh, like, you know, like him, and if it's just him, or clean up your room and clean up the yard. So that really helped us out a lot. That really helped me out as, as uh, cause I was the only boy and had four sisters. And, uh, you know, so pretty, pretty spiritual uh, growing up. Like I said, you know, uh, my father was uh, brought up uh, real tough, you know. Real, real uh, discipline, you know, so that really helped me out also in, in the growing up and then going to school and everything. So that's pretty much my story, you know. Yeah. Thank you for for sharing all that. You you have uh, a rich and uh, heritage from your grandmother and your dad. Uh, you should thank God for it. I'm sure you do. And you're yeah. living that now in this uh, movement, the Catechumen Awaits. So thank you for carrying on the faith and passing it on. 
Yeah. Thanks, David. Uh, good to have you on, on the program today. Not a lot of time left, uh, Father Geary. And, and I just wonder, you've been as a priest. I know you uh, no doubt have been to a, a lot of uh, families who have invited you into their homes. And um, what, what, as you think about that, uh, what's been most impressive uh, for you about, uh, about the faith you see in the families you visit? Well, just their fervor. Uh, their their intensity the the um, I think the the ben, what I benefit most from and are and I'm most inspired by would be just the conversation we have at the table if I were to go over to their house for dinner and and see how they live um, and it, it just brought me back to the conversation in my own table which was uh, daily with my parents um, especially my father who would you know, sit at the head of the table and we'd have extra cups of tea and listen to him. <laughs> and <laughs> this, that's, and I, he talked about the church, he talked about the history of the church, or the, uh, he would just teach us. And I benefited tremendously from that as a preacher now, thinking I'm, I'm around my children and I'm teaching them. Uh, and I, when I see that in families, and I see that the conversation that they have is filled with faith, and they see the world through the eyes of faith. Uh, they are able to interpret the signs of the times. They see the urgency of prayer, and speaking of the Blessed Mother's apparitions, or perhaps their experience of the real presence, that the faith is just nurtured and strengthened in that conversation um, around the table with uh, with others, and who who believe. And and I always come away better for it because uh, it strengthens my faith seeing it lived out there in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And then I wonder, too, we talk about creating a uh, the proper environment in our in our homes. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the importance of family meals. Our family, we had a family meal every night, soccer schedules, baseball schedules, school schedules. We either ate late or we ate later, ate early, but we ate together every night. Yes, absolutely essential. Um, I preach that, too, and it becomes it's becoming less frequent. And the, that conversation, again, uh, I can't emphasize that enough as one of the ways the faith is nurtured and passed on. You have to have conversation um, with the TV off, the cell phones off, where you can have an hour with your family, where you can, the, the members can share uh, everything. It'd be being silly or speaking of the faith, and the parents would direct the conversation. Where, and this only happens where, when you're, you, you can have a set time of day, and it's usually around dinner time. I'd be a, a sacred thing that nothing should get in, in the way of. Occasionally, you might have a practice or something that comes up, but if the parents can set a time, um, the, the same time, ritual helps children. It gives them discipline, gives them something to look forward to, and where you can air things out in that time with the family together. I think it's, it's an essential part of the day that God has set into the family structure. Yeah. 20 seconds here, Father Brian Geary. And if uh, our families listening today could do one thing in this new year to do one thing to foster faith in their family, what would you suggest? Well, I think you said it already uh, many times, Chuck, <laughs> just uh, the prayer and the family. I know with COVID, there's um, the mass is essential to do as a family, but um, 
pray and, and love is uh, what, how God has designed us. Father Brian Geary, our spiritual director today, we have to wrap things up. And fathers, you know, we like to close uh, this hour with a final blessing for all of our listeners. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with kindness and give you peace. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Brian Geary, always a pleasure. Great to have you on the program today. Great insights, great stories about living our faith as a family. If you joined us late, download the podcast. That'll be up oh, in the next 30 minutes or so. Thanks to Father Geary. Thanks to all of you for joining us. Stay tuned. We're celebrating Mass at the top of the hour. And don't forget, 1230 Central, The Faith Explained with Cale Clark. We are back again tomorrow, and we hope to see you then.